Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. This is a proud production of ITM Media. Hope everybody enjoyed Bristol just as much as we did here at Rambling About Racing, your weekly stop for all things NASCAR, Indy, Formula One, maybe not so much Indy, Charlie, as we would like. Yeah, we, we haven't really touched on that a whole lot. Kind of left that out. It's because we don't have an Indy car guy. I feel like we need an Indy car guy more so than Indy, anything here to help liven up the show. That would be great, but hope everything's going well out there for you guys, whether you're listening to us on the Unhinged Sports Network, your regular podcast platform, rambling about racing, belly up sports, and the Unhinged Sports Network, here to bring you everything that you need to get caught up with, with the final cutoff race of the round of 16, Bristol, as well as getting ready for Las Vegas, Talladega, and the Roval. But first things first, Charlie, how's things down there in South Alabama? Going good. Going good. Uh, unfortunately, we got rained out Saturday night. Yeah, that's a bummer. Uh, so I'm only going to make one of my last three races So because of the rescheduling. So that's unfortunate. Screw me out of a lot of points. And so I'm going to drop significantly due to having to go to a school up there where y'all are. Right. Um, Looking forward to that, though. Either way, uh, it is what it is. It happens. It's not my first time having to miss races yeah, like this. But it isn't. Looking forward to the school, looking forward to the last race. We, we've changed some stuff on the car. Going to try it for the last race and right. just go big or go home, a preparation right? preparation race for yeah. next year. I don't blame you at all, man. It should be a lot of fun. Hopefully, 
you'll be able to make it to the studio here once or twice throughout the time that you are up here. But definitely bring your golf clubs. We'll at least hit the absolutely hit nine holes down here. I I decided to go to Bristol, man. Decided to go to Bristol. Made it a kind of a overnight trip up there because no one wanted my ticket. I, it is the toughest thing in the world to give away a ticket to our NASCAR race these days. I don't understand why, but it is just okay. So I might as well just put it to good use and, and make the most of it. Hung out for the majority of the time up there with the guys from Blind Spotting Podcast, Blind, Blind Spotting NASCAR Podcast, I should say, more so given their full name. Mike, Andrew, and Travis, and they just spoke very highly of you. And they're always they always ask this question: Where's Preston? And folks, Preston had more stuff to go on this week. I mean, we could barely get him on as yeah, it is, uh, and it's really unfortunate. I didn't even ask you this week. Um, oh just boy, because I I, I just. I really and truly just wait to see him on the show, more or less. Yeah, I would really like to get him back. And I, hate, I hate to say that, but yeah, it, really, it is what it is. It's just kind of become one of those things right now where he's just got so much stuff going on where I can't. I feel like it's it. It's tough to get him on, but it's just one of those things where it is what it is. We'll try We'll try him again later, but uh, yeah, I hung out with those guys a lot. They spoke very highly of our show, and if you get a chance, go over and listen to their show, Blind Spotting NASCAR Podcast, on all podcast platforms. Really great group of guys, really knowledgeable in the sports, and I think uh, this week they have Larry McReynolds coming on. Really? Yeah, they got old Larry. That's a, Larry that's a biggie there. Yeah, that is a biggie there for them, so make sure to go listen to them. They've had a lot of other guys on. They had Dr. Jerry Punch on not too long ago. That was a good episode. And uh, they hooked us up with the Jerry Nadu. When uh, Jerry okay. Nadu came on, they hooked us up with that. So really good group of guys. Glad I got to see them. And they hung out with their kids, and it was so funny. Because they do it right. They go there, they rent a hotel within an hour radius of the track, and then they will bring food from, like, Food Line, you know, like chicken fingers and stuff. They won't cook, so they'll kind of cater their lunch. And it was – they got a nice setup there, man. It's really fun, and it's so funny. Those kids, they have – Andrew has a – Son and daughter that are twins, and then Mike has a son and daughter. And, man, they brought all of them to the races, and it was like herding cats. It was the funniest thing, man. <laughs> it was the funniest thing. And I asked, at what point do you bring a kid, uh, you know, a kid to the NASCAR races? And Mike said, about six years old. And I wonder if I could swing that by Caroline to get her to do that, have Maury come to the races. I don't know about the NASCAR race side of stuff, but Emma's been going since she was – I'll definitely well, just before she could walk. <laughs> I think I think I think getting him started as at far short as tracks, to the local track stuff. Yeah, I but, think I think getting started at local tracks is the way to go with kids. Yeah, I mean because NASCAR is usually three and a half, four hours long sometimes. So yeah, that might be a little too yeah. much. But the whole attention span of stuff is a little bit different, right? But I I think it would be a lot of fun to bring Maury to the track along with Caroline, especially if I'm doing photo stuff. They could take the truck and go off and do whatever, and I could just come yep. back to the camper and. That. Yep, see, that's that's the thing there too is the local track emma can play in a trailer or she can get the truck you know nascar you're, you're in the stands for four hours right and they don't want to necessarily go to the races but if say i was taking photos somewhere like darlington or daytona bring the camper even bring my mother-in-law and them three go off and explore daytona while i go to the race yeah. and we all just meet back at the camper i think that'd be the way to go if you're asking me, but yeah, I had a great time with him. And then I ended up sleeping at the track. And when I say at the track off the property of the track and I parked in kind of a shady spot, it was kind of scary at first. I parked in the spot 
It's only well, I noticed you had a black eye. Did you get mugged? No, I, I don't have a I'm black eye. You what don't have a black eye. What are you doing, man? <laughs> no, I, I parked in the spot and then I parked across the way at, under a light. But then the most embarrassing thing happened. So we bought a new truck. We bought a new Ram fifteen hundred Laramie Got edition. Caught with your pants down, didn't you? Well, almost. I locked it. <laughs> I locked the doors with the key fob before I went to bed. Well, little did I know is if you lock the doors with the key fob, then unlock the car from the inside and then the open the door, off. the alarm goes off. Yeah. I was not aware <laughs> that I had an <laughs> alarm system with that truck. I open the door, the alarm goes off, and it's like six in the morning. And everybody just looks at me, man. It was it was kind of embarrassing. But then my defense was, hey, your generator was going all night. And I had to sleep with that. So good morning. And I just left. I, I'll never see those people again. Unless, yeah. Watch them listen to the show and be like, hey, we're the guys with the generator. Yeah. That, <laughs> uh, but I, odds of that happening are slim to none. But, man, first and foremost, uh, I guess we passed our formalities right there with that. I was going to say first and foremost, what's going on there. But, uh how do you enjoy the races, man? All three, Xfinity, Truck, and Cup from Bristol. I, I didn't get to watch the truck, but if the truck was anything like the Xfinity and Cup, I guess we can withdraw our statements from the previous episodes or the previous episode about the short track because they made up for the lack of entertainment at Richmond. Well, my thing with the Xfinity race was that that – finish happened as a result of a green-white checkered. It didn't happen like the cup race did as far yeah, as the cup the, race was pretty well racing throughout the race. It was racing throughout the race, and it was a great race. And what I enjoyed is, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like it was, I guess, the past few Bristol races where it was just a high line. You know, it was good to see the, the bottom line working for passing as well. Yeah, the so. whole racetrack, once everything started getting in, maybe about 100 and something laps into the race itself, the track came in and then you had, you could use the high line, but the preferred line looked to be the bottom, like old school Bristol used to be. And it was a good race all around. I'm gonna, I'm just going to talk about the cup race here real quick. It was a good race, really, from start to finish. And we called it. We said there were only going to be about seven cautions, including stage cautions and everything. There ended up being eight. So we weren't that far off in the prediction of it. There wasn't the, there was beating and banging, but it wasn't beating and banging to the point where somebody got spun out or somebody turned someone. The, the biggest wreck happened in turn three, and that had to deal with, I think, Quinn Half and stuff and B.J. McLeod earlier in the mm-hmm. day. But it really wasn't a rack and stack and thing, and there was a little pile up there in turn one. When I say pile up, just to kind of a slow down and people running into each other, so it wasn't really that big of a deal. But it was overall a, it was just a fast race. It was a really fast race if you're sitting in the stands watching it. And I, I wonder if you had that same impression of the race. Yeah, I mean, it was it was still a very pat, uh, fast paced race, but it was still a good race. You know it. Richmond was a fast-paced race, but it was a boring race. Uh, Bristol was the opposite. Bristol was a fast-paced race, but it had a lot of action. It really did. A lot of good racing. Yeah, it, it did from everywhere in the pack, and it seemed like I was more focused on the playoff drivers as they were because when it came down to it, those guys were the ones, especially the bottom four, the McDowells and the Kurt Bushes, fighting for a position to get into the round of twelve. And that kind of made it very interesting because towards the end of the race, I'm, I'm sure you saw it too, when Kyle Busch had a issue with his car, he just started dropping 
like a oh, rock. Yeah. He, he dropped quick. He dropped quick. He made it into and the rally like, twelve. Man, I was like, "Well, Kyle is not going to make it at that point." Right. And Kyle wasn't going to make it. Almirola had a problem, but they fixed it and were trying to get up there. Unfortunately, didn't make it. The bottom four that got eliminated were Eric Almirola, Tyler Reddick, Kurt Busch, and Michael McDowell going out of the round of sixteen before the round of twelve starts here this week in Las Vegas. But I got to wonder, man. Out of those four, I, I had a feeling that Kurt Busch was going to do better than he did. And that Chris, yeah, I, I think what killed them was, you know, Kurt nor Tyler Reddick just got off to a great start at Darlington. Yeah, we kind of expected Michael McDowell to not yeah, make it, unfortunately. unfortunately I, you know, ah, Jinx, you owe me a Coke, man. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, with the restrictor plates and them being kind of a anybody's got a chance to win races, and I'm not saying Michael McDowell can't do it. Um, I mean, he's where he's at for a reason, but that was his way into the playoffs. And just like he got into the playoffs, he got out that fast. And I mean, he ran decent. He, he's, this has been one of his better years, regardless, uh, if not his best year in the Cup oh, yeah. Series. Most definitely. He's um, one of his best, better years. But I mean, let's face it when you start going up against your powerhouses like Gibbs, mm-hmm. Hendricks, all that, I mean, you're, you're just, you're fighting an uphill battle. Right. Especially when, they're bringing new cars to the track, and you're you're trying to run the, you know, the same car four or five times a year. You know, you can't really. I, I commend them for for one winning the Daytona 500. That's a, no easy feat whatsoever because you know you had 39 other guys out there who wanted to win the Daytona 500, and Michael McDowell did it. So if there was one race I could ever win, it would be the Daytona 500 for sure. Because then you're immortalized forever. You're a Daytona 500 champion, no matter what they say. You can't take that away from Michael McDowell. So good on them. But that was kind of writing on the wall there. But like I said, the one I was really surprised about was Kurt Busch not making it. Now, did that surprise you at all? I guess yes and and no. Yeah, he's already getting ready, geared up to go to 23-11 racing. He, he had a shot at the playoffs, didn't make it. Now he's focused on wrapping up the season with Chip Ganassi's, Chip Ganassi folding house, Kurt Busch going to 23-11, and Ross Chastain mm-hmm. heading over to track house racing. So I think uh, he's kind of I, I'm a lot of people were saying Brad Keselowski would have been in danger for making it, and I didn't think so. I thought yeah, I think he always runs well at Dar- or Bristol, so I wasn't really worried about that. But in the next coming tracks, he has win at Talladega, win at Las Vegas, has yet to win the Roval, but has proven that he can run there if he doesn't run into the wall going into turn one after a restart with nine laps to go. Anybody else surprise you that got eliminated right now? Because to me, it was kind of like. We expected Eric Amarola, Tyler Reddick, yeah, Michael McDowell, but Kurt Busch was Eric the br- Amarola to to be eliminated. I just thought Tyler Reddick might would be a little bit better, but at the same time, he's kind of like Kurt Busch, man. He, it's one of those one car, him, Eric Amarola, and uh, Kurt Busch, Tyler Reddick, and Eric Amarola are all three those pretty much all four of your five or see four. Pretty much, you might as well say one one car teams got eliminated because yeah. now Kevin Harvick's the only one in there. That's a one one car team. Now you got Gibbs, Hendrick, and Penske. Yep, that's it. That's it. That rounds out your top twelve. Yeah. Gibbs, Hendrick, Penske, Harvick. I'll just go ahead and say it now. Harvick's out after a round of twelve. Oh, I don't think so. Here, well, I'm going to throw it to you to you like this: out of the twelve drivers remaining, half of them have won a championship at the Cup level before. 
And the only time, only guy who's won more than one is the guy sitting in fifth right now, and that's Kyle Busch. He has two. But you have pa- other past champions, Harvick, Kozlowski, Logano, Elliott, and Truex, all in there in addition to Kyle Busch, who have won a championship there. Does a former champion get eliminated this round? You've already hinted Kevin Harvick. Does yeah, Kevin Harvick um, get eliminated? I think Harvick and Kyle Busch get eliminated. Really? Kyle I think, Busch? I think Busch, no. he, he is just not finding the consistency. But I think he's got the consistency enough to make it through these next three races where he attracts, he runs well at, and can win. Which are the Roval. Which are Talladega. the Roval Talladega, which anybody can win. It doesn't necessarily have to be a playoff driver. Right. But then Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Las, okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Las Vegas is going to be... Las Vegas, I think, I, I think, I think you're going to see the Hendrick car. Hendrick cars. You're going to see Hendrick up there, pretty well done. I, I say I, all four Hendrick cars go to the next round if, as well. If it's like it was, because any the only reason could, why I say that is because I think Alex Bowman and William Byron are finding the momentum now that yeah, they had at well, the beginning of the year. At this especially point, especially with William Byron finding all those points like he did at Bristol, I think that's a huge momentum boost. For that team, he had a great run. How and this is going to be uncharted territory for Byron because this time last year he was eliminated. He got eliminated at Bristol last year due to engine issues. I'm, I'm going to say Byron's on the danger list for me. For me, it's going to be Byron, Blaney, Bell, and Bowman who aren't going to advance to the round of eight. Okay, I hate to say it, but Bush, Harvick, Bell, and Keselowski. Bush, Harvick, Bell, and Keselowski. I don't think I think Keselowski's going to win one of these races. Probably Talladega. Because he has won at two out of the three tracks. He runs consistently at two out of the three tracks. Barring a mechanical issue or getting caught up in an accident at like a Talladega or something, I think he's going to have a very good shot at advancing to the round of eight on a win. Okay. Now I don't think I don't think any of us could take it away from Kyle Larson this weekend. He had a heck of a run. Folks, before we continue on with today's episode, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our online store at Teespring. There you can find the latest and greatest rambling about racing gear, such as pint glasses, t-shirts, phone cases, coffee mugs, you name it, we have it. If we don't have it, we'll make it up for you. You could also find all of the In the Marbles throwback gear there as well. And from now till the end of September, if you use discount code PLAYOFFS in honor of the NASCAR playoffs that have started here for the Cup Series, you'll get an additional 20% off your order. You head over to ramblingaboutracing.com. Under the Stores tab, you can find the link to the store. And remember, 20% off of your entire order when you enter discount code PLAYOFF till the end of September. Go check it out. to talk about the elephant in the room which i think will take up the majority of the time of the show and by the way if you're joining us for the driver interview we had a driver scheduled however he had a reschedule due to a family emergency but he'll be on in the next couple of weeks so don't worry about that and i'll i'll put the name out there on social media if you're curious to see who it is so prairie for howie his name is howie I can't pronounce his last name, but his name's Howie. Pray for him and his family. They just have a family emergency. Going to make it. The elephant in the room from this past weekend was most definitely Kevin Harvick and Chase, Chase Elliott. Elliott. I think I'm going to know the answer, but I'm going to ask anyway. Are you Team Elliott or are you Team Harvick? 
or neither is an acceptable I, answer as well. I, I I guess I I guess I see it both ways, but me looking at the race, I I'm, I'm gonna say Harvick ran him up the track. Okay, they were fighting for position at the time. I'm definitely Team Harvick on this one. There is no excuse, and you're and you're a driver. I would expect you, out of everybody I talk to, to understand where Harvick's coming from here. Though he ran him up the track, it was four position, and you said it yourself last episode that these tires, if they get or these fenders, if they get hit by anything, they cut down, and we saw it a lot this past weekend in Bristol. Mm-hmm. That happened. They were battling for position with about twenty laps to go, thirty laps to go. And Elliott cuts down the tire. Cuts down the left front, I believe it was. They changed four tires. He happens to come out in front and behind Harvick. Cut down the left, cut down left rear, I yeah. think. And the left front, I feel. I feel like he cut down both left sides. A picture I have has the left front just scraping. But Harvick, to me, did nothing wrong. They were racing hard. There was beating and banging all around that sore track. That is Bristol. Which brings me back to what I don't like about these cars. Period. Right. So now the issue isn't necessarily is Harvick wrong or Elliot right or vice versa. Did that show what exactly you were talking about in the previous episodes that these cars are designed in such a way that you bump into a quarter panel or fender and it cuts down a tire? I think you just called it without knowing that you called it these, these past couple weeks. I think both of those cars were fairly clean. They didn't have any damage. Uh, no, both no. of them were run a pretty clean the, race the, up the until most, then. The most damaged car out on the track was probably the winners. Yeah. Because he got into everything. I mean, everybody was getting into him, but you're right. Harvick got into Elliott, which happens at short tracks, Rubbins Racing. That famous quote from Days of Thunder, the movie we all love, he did nothing wrong except race him, I feel, cleanly throughout the course of the race. But then you had... Chase Elliott come out in front of the leaders, which at that time was Kevin Harvick and Kyle Larson, and hold up Harvick. Did he hold him up? He because did. Harvick couldn't catch him. Well, he was definitely on fresher tires, and he wasn't pulling away. But he, Harvick wasn't catching him. Give me a break. Elliott <laughs> had the car to drive away from Kevin Harvick after the pit stop. He chose not to. Fresher tires had not made that big a difference all race long. That is 100% false. I saw Kyle Busch and Eric Almirola throw on fresh tires and then drive through the field. Kyle Busch unlapped himself after getting a new set of tires after a pit stop after he cut down his tire. He unlapped himself one of two laps that he was down, or three laps, whatever it was. But he unlapped himself and drove off. So you can't say that fresh tires didn't make a difference. Fresh tires totally made a difference. And Elliot chose to hold up Harvick. He wasn't even like right. Harvick wasn't even right there on his bumper anyway. He was close enough to him, I feel, to disturb him a little. Elliot knew exactly what he was doing. And have, had it been not. So roles reversed. Rolls Harvick re- would have did the same thing. I don't think so. Oh, horse. I don't think so. I think Harvick would have done the high ro- road, taken the high road, and gotten them next week. He already locked himself into the round of 12. Harvick did. There was no reason whatsoever to do anything out there that race except go for a win, which he doesn't have a win at all this year. Which is probably what Harvick's more mad about than anything. So I, I, I would agree with you there that Kevin Harvick doesn't have a race win this year, and he he's more frustrated than anything. But the fact that I, I feel Chase Elliott was in the wrong, he knew what he was doing. He was holding up Harvick, and you say not holding him up. He was definitely not 
where he's supposed to be on the racetrack, where the leaders are racing. He determined the outcome in that race. He, he had a hand in the outcome in that race. Because once Kyle Larson got in front, Chase Elliott started driving away. So I still I still think that but if you were in I Harvick, still think the way Harvick went into the turn that the original contact between him and Elliott could have been avoided. The bottom line had been working all night long and it just it looked to me that Harvick ran him up the track. I'm not saying it because I like Elliott or I li- I like Larson or whatever, but there were still a lot of laps to go at that point in time and if Harvick's car was that much quicker, he didn't have to run him that high up the track to pass him. The Dangster didn't have to get into him. You know contact, whether incidental or on purpose, happens at short tracks. I think you know that better that. than anybody but there. were the only two cars around each other at that point in time. But he still got into him, whether on purpose or not. So you think if it was the rules were reversed and, Har- and Harvick got his tire cut down by Elliott, who got into him, you don't think it would escalate to that point? Well, we won't know now. Well, we won't know now. I'm just throwing out hypotheticals right there because I like hypotheticals. So okay, well, better yet, let me put. Well, we've make, all uh, Harvick's got just as big a temper as anybody else out there. He does, and I'll admit, I'll I'll be the first to admit that and say, yeah, he does. However, Harvick, a seasoned vet that he is, a twenty-year vet of the sport now, I think I commend him on this. He confronted him. There was too many media around. They cooled off. They were still talking, and they went into Chase Elliott's hauler. They didn't take it to NASCAR. They said, let's deal with this and go into the hauler and let's talk away from media. And I don't think that was more of a, I don't think they were in there like yelling at each other. No. At least to me. I, this is what I think. I don't know. But I want to say he brought him in there. Young up-and-comer guy who probably who is probably threatening the territory of the veteran, which is Kevin Harvick, who's been in this series just as about as long as I can remember anybody being in this series without, with the exception of Kurt Busch and Ryan Newman coming up here. He's, he's a seasoned vet. He probably... Kevin Harvey probably feels a little threatened by Chase Elliott. New up-and-coming guy and Kevin Harvey towards the try line of his career, but I want to say they brought him into the trailer, and he had one of those a mentoring session with Chase Elliott. Like, you, you know, if the roles reversed, you wouldn't have liked me doing what I you did to me. Well, if there. that's the case, Harvey didn't need to bring somebody with him. He didn't bring anybody with him. He, he did. Who? Hey, uh, whoever is the head of Kevin Harvick Incorporated or whatever. He had his little buddy with him. But they went into a Chase Elliott trailer. You're telling me that nobody in there... And there may have been. Oh, I'm, I'm just saying whenever they were all talking outside or whatever. Well, yeah, when they were talking outside, but I saw both of them go into the trailer alone. Oh, yeah, they, were all, they went inside, so... Which is fine. I'm all, I'm all about that. Now, what I didn't like as well was one of the crew members for Chase Elliott was holding back Kevin Harvick, which I think is a... You, you don't do that in, in racing, period, but I get it. Teams are very loyal to their drivers, in that sense, but let, let me make this a little more personal. Going back to the incident on track, if you were Kevin Harvick, probably frustrated all year, but knowing that you're locked into the round of twelve, wouldn't you have felt a little kind of betrayed by, and not not necessarily betrayed. Betrayed is a bad word. Would you feel kind of like a hey, this guy needs a talking to about the etiquette on track? Wouldn't you want to talk to Chase Elliott about that? I mean, exactly. What are you going to talk about though? Okay. <laughs> Say I got into you on track, or say you got into me, I cut down a tire, you're racing for the win at this point against my teammate, but I come on track and I don't hold you up. I'm sure you could pass me with fresh tires, but I have the fresher tires. I could get up and go if I wanted to, but I'm kind of impeding you. Wouldn't you want to say something to me? What would you say to me at that point? It's kind of hard to say. How do we know that he... 
Well, and, and just listen. It's, it's a tough it, one. It's, it's a tough situation. It really is. And I think that depends on – I'd have to be put in that situation, to be honest with you. We would definitely have to be put in that situation. But I'm definitely Team Harvick well, I mean, on we, this We one. could sit here and talk about it all night long. But yeah, we could. But we're not I'd gonna, have to be put in that situation. But I have a feeling if you're a Kevin Harvick fan or – Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Anybody associated with Kevin Harvick, Stuart Haas Racing, you're going to be on Kevin Harvick's side on this one. If you're a Chase Elliott fan, anybody, anybody associated with Hendrick, with Hendrick Motorsports, you're going to be on Elliott's side. And then you have those fans who have no horse in the race saying, this is awesome. Regardless of whose fault it is, this is awesome. Granted, more boos came from Kevin Harvick there at Bristol than did for Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott got the majority of the cheers on that one. But I don't think he's right. He's still young in the sport. He's got a few years under his belt, but it's kind of to the point where these veterans keep getting into him. And I see Chase Elliott's point of him sticking up for himself and not getting, wanting to get pushed around too much. Kind of a, hey, don't mess with me, I can. Well, he's not exactly ever raced anybody dirty either. He hasn't. He has been raced dirty a number of times, but I don't think this one was it. I think this was just a racing incident. If Harvick wanted to get into him, and do that earlier in the race, I don't think it would have been as big of an issue as it was with 30 laps to go. Where a track now where we don't traditionally see cautions throughout the course of the race, except for stage breaks and now competition cautions. Other than that, what, five more cautions happened due to accidents and stuff? That's it. That is 100% it. I'm Team Harvick, personally. I think Harvick had a legitimate point for confronting Chase Elliott. I think Kevin Harvick was the mentor at this point after the race and said look you can't be doing this you can't be doing that it's uncouth but i can see your side too chase elliott was probably frustrated and saying if i can't win i'm going to make sure that nobody wins except for kyle larson or if kyle larson can't do it william byron so i i kind of see both sides of it because you i saw the writing on the wall when chase elliott was in front of harvick who was battling larson for the win that elliott's going to hold up Kevin Harvick for Kyle Larson to pounce. And I think everybody saw that. Elliot ran to Highline, which is where Harvick been running all race. Yep, he took his if line. He, if he, he, Elliot was no, definitely faster. So in which that case, yes, he did take his line away. He impeded. He took his line. But, he but Elliot had been running a Highline all night too. Yeah, but he, he could have. I think he was running like, he was backing it up in the corner, I feel. To get a run off. No, to hold up Harvick. That's what I, that's what I felt I saw at Bristol. I don't know. You know, you just don't want to admit it. I'm not admitting anything. I'm not. I mean, I'm. I'm just saying what I thought. I, I thought Harvick ran him ran him too high with too many laps to go, and 
there could have been more room given on Harvick's end with that many laps left. I think he was racing hard. And yeah, okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll retract that statement. No, yeah, you're right. And hindsight's always twenty twenty. I think if Harvick, I could gone, see where I could see where Chase got upset after that. At the same time, but you don't impede the outcome of the race because you're upset with another driver. I feel. I feel like you finish the race and then talk about it, and then you'll get him at Las Vegas. I don't think Chase Elliott had any type of fear whatsoever of getting eliminated from the round of sixteen. Had points been on the line, and he was then outside the cutoff for the round of sixteen into the round of twelve. Yes, I could see the frustration, but he was clearly in the round of oh, twelve. Yeah. I can, I can promise that. you this. It, it, I'll tell you right now, with my history in racing, if I'd have been raced like that and it, it cut a tire and it cost me going to the round of twelve, I'd have made damn sure he didn't make it to the round of twelve. Right. Let's look at it like this. Then, what if either of those drivers were at the point in the cutoff where they were plus two, and Eric Amarola and Tyler Reddick were? Minus two. And both of those drivers had an issue. If Elliott found himself outside the round of 12, he wouldn't have just held up Kevin Harvick, I feel. I feel like he would have purposely wrecked Harvick, saying, like you said, if I'm not going to make it, you're not going to make it. I think Chase Elliott totally determined the outcome of that race. Well, if roles were reversed and Elliott, if Harvick would have had a tire cut down, I don't think Elliott would have ran Harvick high. Uh Uh-huh. Same thing would happen. No, I I don't find that true one hundred percent of the time. I don't think Harvick would have done that whatsoever. Especially with Harvick not have went in a race this year at all, and no. him already being frustrated. He was, yeah, clearly, then, clearly, and, and having and both of them, and if neither one of them having a shot at winning that race, okay, different. But both okay. of them running up front and for the lead like that, and that costing that, yes. I think Harvick would have been just as upset. I think he would have been upset, but I don't think he would have done what Chase Elliott did. There's no way I feel a veteran of that sport to his caliber of driver would have done that to Chase Elliott. I think he would have given it all he got until the checkered flag fell. I, I, at least I want to believe that. That's what I want to feel like Kevin Harvick would have done. I mean, I, I don't have anything against Harvick at no, all. No, this isn't a bash just, for Harvick or Elliott yeah, whatsoever. They're I, both great drivers, both champions of the sport. Both are have an enormous following from their time in the Cup Series. This is just a kind of a debate whether who, who do you feel is right or wrong. And I think Elliott was wrong and Harvick was right. But you say different. I think you, you, you mirror what everybody else thought there at Bristol. You thought that... Kevin just Hart. for the way I seen him, and the only reason why I think that is just for the just the only reason is just for the way I seen Harvick race him off into the corner with with as many laps to go. Right. If they'd have been like five laps to go or something like that, different ball game. I'd have done the same thing. But with there being as many laps that was left, I, I think it could have been handled a little differently, especially if Harvick right. is the the veteran of the sport. Right, you are. Harvick did say he was pushing tight there at the end of the race, which could have been a cop-out, just like Kenseth's brakes went out against Joey Logano. You know, I think a driver would hate to admit that he's wrong. If Kevin Harvick would have admitted that he was wrong there, it's like, yeah, I messed up. I got into him. But two wrongs don't make it right. Chase Elliott was just as much in the wrong. You're right. I think it would have been handled differently. It's like, you know, I've never seen a driver, and correct me if I'm wrong, come out and say, yeah, that was my fault. Well, no. I saw Kyle Busch do it a couple weeks ago at Darlington. He said it wasn't three cars' fault. It was our fault. 
But yeah, rare, mine was just point blank obvious. But rarely, yeah. But rarely do you see a driver <laughs> say after a, the race is over and you're heated and you're probably tired, you probably just want to go to the bathroom and go home at that point. You rarely see a driver say, I was wrong. I shouldn't have driven him the car into the corner like that, drove up to him, cut his tire, ruined his night, ruined his shot at the win. I've never seen a driver do that. Now, nor have I seen a driver on the other side going, well, I understand why he's upset because he got into me and then I held him up for the win. I mean, Elliot wasn't going to admit that he, what he did, what he did. And you know what he did. I know what he did. And everybody out there that was at the race or watching the race knows what Chase Elliott did to Kevin Harvick which is going to be the talk of NASCAR radio throughout the week, which is going to be talk of all the NASCAR podcasts throughout the week, and what's going to be talked about leading into the round of 12 at Las Vegas this week until the round of 12 starts, and then there will be old news by the time Talladega comes up. But that's, yep. what, that's what I so feel. We'll, we'll see what happens at Vegas then. We will have to see what happens at Vegas. I'm looking forward to Vegas. Not the most popular track on the schedule as far as the playoff round goes, but it's still a fun race to watch. I would like to make it out there to the West Coast or West Side of the U.S. one day to see it. And I think I will here shortly, hopefully. Going to talk about the Xfinity Series real quick. A.J. Allmendinger winning a well of a race right there against Austin Sendrick. Their playoffs are starting this week at Las Vegas as well. And the Truck Series race is going to be starting their round of eight here at Las Vegas. But the round of 12 for the Xfinity Series starting at Las Vegas just a real quick, and I think I might know the answer to this, but I'd like to hear it from you. Who's your favorite going into the playoffs this year in the Xfinity Series? Man, you gotta go. You gotta go with Colin Grayson right now. AJ Allmendinger's on fire. Yeah, he is. I, I mean, this is his year. It's his year to As lose. Of right now, this is his year. It's his year to lose. I feel just like yeah. it's Kyle Larson's season to You're lose. Year to lose it in the Cup and, Series and Sheldon Creed's to lose it in the truck series. It is A.J. Allmendinger's race to lose. But here's my dark horse. Hasn't really done well all year, but he's run consistent enough to bring himself into the points for the Xfinity Series playoffs. Daniel Hemrick. Yeah. Daniel Hemrick has just had, he's either run very well, top fives, top tens, or he's wrecked. Got caught up in wrecks or wrecked himself throughout the course of the year. And if he doesn't shoot himself in the foot, I feel like Daniel Hemrick has a great shot at making it to the round of four at Phoenix. I think Daniel Hemrick is, but I'm I'm not going to bet the farm on it. If I were going to bet the farm on anybody in all three series, it'd be Larson, Almendinger, and Creed. That would be who I'd bet the farm on. But I don't think the junior motorsports guys have it this year. No, they just the, um, the consistency. The consistent, but call it racing. Has. I mean, Noah Noah's Noah's getting there. He's um, getting he's, there. They found speed here lately, so we'll see. We'll see. But going to the truck series before we wrap it up here, eight drivers left. Sheldon Creed on a hot streak. John Hunter Nemechek on a hot streak. Stuart Friesen and Carson Hosevar, I think, are going to probably be eliminated, unfortunately. Matt Crafton hasn't been having the year that he's normally been having in that throw more to sports, now Toyota, and I think that's probably one of the big reasons well, why. I'm, I'm going to say right now they got rid of their best driver. They did. Brandon Finger. Well, no, Brandon Finger was a good driver. He wasn't their best. They got rid of their most consistent driver. I would, I would give you that. Matt Crafton's hit or miss. He's just like... The Daniel Hemrick in the Xfinity Series. Hit or miss there. Because Grant has outdone Thorsport when he's went with Thorsport this year. And then he's outdrove all the Thorsport trucks when he's been in the nine truck. But then for the Xfinity Series, it's the same schedule as the Cup Series. Las Vegas, Talladega, and Charlotte, I think, are all going to... A.J. Allmendinger has already circled Charlotte as a potential, not necessarily must win, 
Because, oh, the Roval? Yeah, it's a Roval. We saw him win there a few years ago. Talladega, college racing is what Dale Earnhardt, Jr., Dale Earnhardt Incorporated was in the early 2000s. Just dominant on the play tracks, and anything can happen in Vegas. For the truck series, Las Vegas, Talladega, and then Martinsville is their cutoff race on October 30th, so they got a little more breathing time than do the Cup and Xfinity guys. But yeah, man, that's it's going to be crazy here. We're just going to give you the rundown in the schedule here. For the NASCAR Cup Series, Xfinity, and Truck Series. Sunday, September 26th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on NBCSN. It's going to be your race from Las Vegas. Saturday, September 25th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. NBCSN as well for the Xfinity. And Friday, September 24th at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on FS1. Is going to be your truck race from Las Vegas. That's going to be a lot of fun. And Formula 1 is going to be back in session this week at the russian skolchi track there at good old and they're at the good old motherland of russia and that is going to be at 8 p.m 8 a.m eastern standard time on espn saturday or sunday september 26th so looking forward to a fun day of racing there but charlie got a little surprise for you before we go here all right before we head off to our final thoughts, we haven't done one of these in a while, but I saw this on Netflix and I had to do it. We are going to do a movie review. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Charlie, <laughs> you just picked the wrong time to do that, man. Movie review. Dude, you got to check out this movie, man. It is one of the, it's a good documentary. But I'll explain more. It's this Schumacher documentary on Netflix. You have you seen it? No, I have not. Oh, it's it's really good. Well, you know who Michael Schumacher is, seven time yeah. Formula One World Series champion, World Series champion, world champion in the Formula One series circuit. But really talked about his karting experience and how he won the world championship in karting and he just, just his travels all the way up to Formula One. And what was crazy was this he won the weekend. Ayrton Senna was was killed in in 1994 there in Emblem, which was kind of symbolic for me. And I kind of just saw it right now watching this documentary that it was kind of like a passing of the torch. You went from the loss of one legend that was Ayrton Senna to what was not at the time a legend, but a future legend of the sport in Michael Schumacher. And it talked about his times through all the teams leading up to Ferrari and his run there in Ferrari from the early 2000s all the way to the mid 2000s, his retirement. And then him going to Mercedes AMG, which is the team Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas, Bottas drive board right now. But what was crazy about this documentary was, and if you haven't seen it, but have you seen the documentary Senna? Mm-mm. All right, well, oh boy, I gotta get, I gotta catch up. Already. You gotta catch up already. But Senna was a documentary. It was a tribute, kind of like this was his upbringing, this was his childhood, this is what he did on the off seasons, this was his accomplishments on the track, and then he died. So here's this is attributed to the life and legacy that was Ayrton Senna both on and off the track of Formula One. The Schumacher documentary, back I think it was 2013, he got in a skiing accident and hit his head on a rock. He wasn't wearing a helmet. I remember that. And he's pretty much brain dead now. So unfortunately, eventually got to that. They talked about the accident and how he's doing now, which it just sounds like it just it doesn't sound promising. But the documentary was kind of like that. It talked about Michael Schumacher's early career in karts and then his 
progression up to Formula One and then his accomplishments in Formula One, winning seven world championships, his return, his retirement again, and then the, the accident. It seemed like kind of an Ayrton Senna Ayrton Senna like esque documentary where it was a tribute to his life. And there's nothing wrong with that, especially given the circumstances of what Michael Schumacher and his family are going through right now. But Michael Schumacher hasn't passed away yet, but it felt like they they were already planning for it. It was weird. Mm -hmm. But Five Lug Nuts is what I'm going to be rating it as. It's definitely worth a watch there on Netflix. Netflix? What kind of of show are you watching? Netflix. (laughs) I'm telling Caroline. No, don't, don't. Okay, stop. No, it was Netflix. (laughs) Netflix. Uh, it was definitely it's definitely worth a watch. I, Charlie, I, I would uh, recommend it to you. I'd recommend it to anybody who is a fan of auto racing, not just NASCAR, but Formula One especially. It would give you, and I had the privilege of seeing Michael Schumacher win in Indianapolis in 2004. It was a very, you look back on it then, and at the moment you don't realize the magnitude of what you've seen, like if seeing a champion like that win, a driver like that win. Uh, and I can, I can remember when I used to watch Formula One on a, semi-regular basis and that was my go-to guy that i would i guess find myself or catch myself pulling for was michael schumacher because he was the equivalent of what lewis hamilton is now the only difference is i feel like michael schumacher was a little more humble in his accomplishments Uh, that's the word i was going to go with was a a more humble winner now champion I, i would love to talk to lewis hamilton one day maybe he'll be on the show maybe our show will get big enough for lewis hamilton to be invited on but I feel like right now it's just like, oh man, I just there's there's that guy you loot, root for, and you're guy you'd you almost rather against. just punch him in the face than talk to him. He's almost equivalent to the Cam Newton was when he was at Auburn. Oh God, it, it, to me he was. Yeah. But going back to Michael Schumacher, great documentary. I recommend it to everybody. It's a really moving film. It's a really good story. The soundtrack's awesome. The soundtrack will get to you if you're a big if you're a guy who gets emotional with music or a lady who gets emotional with music. This is one of those that would definitely get to you as far as the music. Uh, this documentary is called Schumacher. It's on Netflix. Go check it out again. Here at Rambling About Racing, we give it five lug nuts. But And, Charlie, check it out and report back to us next week and tell us how you liked it. Yeah, we'll do. Got anything else before we head into our final thoughts? No, um, I'm, I'm good, man. All right, let's head into our final thoughts. Before we wrap up today's show, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our partnership with Fanatics. Fanatics is a proud partner of the Unhinged Sports Network, which we here at Rambling About Racing are a proud affiliate of. So if you head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under our sponsors tab, there at the bottom you'll see a link to Fanatics. It'll take you right to the NASCAR page where you can get all your latest and greatest driver gear, such as t-shirts, hoodies, diecast, and much more. But it doesn't just stop. have to stop there. If you like Alabama Crimson Tide football, buy Alabama Crimson Tide football from there. If you like Washington Capitals, Washington Capitals has all their stores there as well. So head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under the sponsor tab. Link is there at the bottom for Fanatics. All purchases will help out the Unhinged Sports Network bring you better content and more content for the future. Go check them out. White flag, white flag, white flag. One lap to go, one lap right here. All right, getting ready to wrap up this episode of Rambling About Racing. And you want to know one thing I, that kind of bothered me all weekend, Charlie? What is that? While, while I was at the race, it goes back to what we said the following week on the show. It was that saying, it's Bristol, baby. They just kept saying it. 
over I hate it. and over I hate it. and over. Hey, I've never liked it. You've never liked it, even though it came from Dale Earnhardt Jr. You never liked it. No, I, I just I don't. It's it's overused. Darn right. Even after the Kevin Harvick interview after the races, it's Bristol, baby. And oh gosh, I couldn't stand it, man. It's just one of those things I couldn't stand all weekend. That's all they said. It's neither here or there. Bristol's over, but I do have an announcement here. Right. As many of you know, out there in our nation, rambling about racing nation, which is a small nation. We're like the Vatican City right now, but we're powerful, I feel. Community. In community. <laughs> the community. Okay, that's a better choice of words there. So as many of you in the community know that my wife is uh, going to be having our first daughter come February. Super excited. However... I cannot make it to the Daytona 500, which means we have a Daytona 500 ticket available for someone out there who would like to go to the 2022 Daytona 500. Now, I'm, this is a shot in the dark for me. You haven't even offered it to me yet. I have offered it to you. You haven't said yes. Do, would you, you like? Give me time. Okay. Would you like to go to the 2022? It's a long way away. It's I not need time. It's not that far. I didn't away. know you're going to announce it this soon. Well, pretty much. I'm going to try to give it away now because every time I try to give away a race ticket, it takes forever. Nobody responds. I'm just kidding. You can go ahead and give it away. Okay. So we're going to give away a Daytona 500 ticket. It's to the Xfinity and Cup race for the Daytona 500. The introduction of the Gen 7 car on top. Because I would, I wouldn't want to go by myself anyway. I went by myself. It's the way to go, man. No, it's not. You don't like going to races by yourself? I, go I wouldn't to- want to go to that by myself because when I start drinking at 8 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my goodness, dude. Maybe you, I wouldn't make it. Maybe you drink. Well, that's your problem. You drink too much too early. No, I don't. You just said you wouldn't make it. Because I wouldn't have nobody there. <laughs> it was only one ticket. It is only one ticket. That's but, why. But it's a ticket to the Daytona 500. You're, you're missing the point. Anyway, carry on. Okay, I'm going to carry on here. We have a ticket given away. And in order to be entered in for it, all you need to do is follow us on Twitter and Facebook and share the post that comes out. We're going to go with like if we did like that. Now, disclaimer here. It's just a ticket. you got to pay for lodging, food, and everything else while you're there, but you'll have a ticket to the Daytona 500. And Xfinity race. And Xfinity race, yes. It's well worth it. One ticket, Daytona 500 2022. It's on the way here. I'm not going to be able to use it. And we can't get our money back, so we might as well give it away to somebody who could use it. To me. And I think that's a good giveaway for Ramblin' back for the small community of people. A Daytona 500 ticket. You can't beat that, man. No, I mean, that's a pretty good giveaway in my book. That's a very good giveaway in my book. Again, can't pay for lodging, or I can't pay for lodging and food and everything. So it is an all expenses paid, but you get a ticket to the Xfinity and the Daytona 500. However... Switching gears now. Driver of the week this week in NASCAR, Charlie. Leave it up to you. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and go first. All right, man. Who's our driver of the week? Larry Pearson, born November 2nd, 1953. Son of David Pearson, the 1986 and 87 Bush Series champion. Uh, he was the 88 Bush Series most popular driver. Didn't have the best of Cup Series career. He only ran 57 races over six years. Best finishing points was 23rd in 1989. Zero wins, three top tens, and zero poles. You know, we've already noted his Bush Series career. He had 259 races over 16 years. So he won the Series championship in 86 and 87. His first race was 1982 Mellow Yellow 300 in Charlotte. Last race was 1999 Textiles Medicu 
300, I think I pronounced that right, and it's South Boston. First win was the 1984 Bobby Isaac Memorial 200 at Hickory Motor Speedway. And his last win came at the 1995 Carolina Pride Red Dog 250, Myrtle Beach Speedway. Oh, that's neat. His career had 15 wins in the Bush Series. 129 top tens and 11 poles. So consistency wins championships. Very much so. Very much it does, man. And that's a cool driver of the week. It seemed like one of those guys in the Bush series who just make their home in the lowest series like a Matt Crafton does or or Justin Allgaier who don't really, I don't understand why they don't do well in the Cup series, but just make their home and just run very competitively in the Truck or Xfinity series. Then the Bush series, which was a lot of fun to watch the Bush series. Yeah, uh, something just doesn't click sometimes, man. It, you know. Yeah, so. or or people come just in just like just like with uh, Tabo Don. Yeah, truck series. So or or somebody like Jimmy Johnson who has only one win in the Xfinity series, and then the Bush series, which was at Chicagoland in two thousand one. He won the inaugural race there. Then comes into the Cup series and just dominates. It's yeah. either or. You can't have. It's very rare to have a good Xfinity series driver come up to the Cup series and do well. Kevin Harvick is probably the one example I could use that's the exception because he ran a he he won a what two races in his rookie season and then won the rookie of the year while winning the Xfinity Series championship that year. Yeah, how awesome is that? It's either or or once in a blue moon somebody comes up and just dominates both all of the series and Harvick's one of those guys and I can't think of another one offhand. Can you? No, I not, can't. Not right offhand. I can't write offhand, but. This week in NASCAR, we go back to September 22nd, 1991. Harry Gant, the new Mr. September, grabs his fourth consecutive win at Martinsville, overcoming a crash late in the race that knocks him off the pace. Knocks him a lap off the pace, I should say. So that was your This Week in NASCAR, September 22nd, 1991. Pop quiz since Preston's here, Charlie. I'm going to hand it to you. Who won the championship in 1991? Was it senior? It, it was. Wow, you're way better than pressing at the pop quizzes, man. <laughs> he won at 91, 92. Did he win? And did it skip 93 and win 94? Uh, let me let me look at the old history book here. He won the point series championship in 94. 93, he oh. won it. And I think 92, he didn't win it. Alan Kowicki won it. Okay, that. so I had it backwards. He you, won it in 91, skipped 92, and won it in 93 and 94. Yeah, that was 93 and 94. And okay, and, I had it backwards a little bit. Yeah, but. It, Still, you got a pop quiz right. Preston never gets a pop quiz right. Very rarely does he, but he rarely gets it right. But, Charlie, that was our show, man. Thanks again for coming on. Hope everybody enjoyed it out there in our rambling about racing community. Oh, and for personal reasons, I have to say, yeah, race, 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 race. Anyway, carry on. What, what, now I'm confused. What, what does that yeah, mean? I, I, yeah, just explain it later. Okay. All right, man, I'm going to leave it at that, man. But uh, you got anything else before we wrap it up here? Uh, no, man, I'm, I'm good. All so right. I think we pretty well covered everything from Bristol this weekend. Um, yeah, especially the elephant in the room, which was really the only yeah. thing we talked about this episode was the Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott issue, which is fine. I mean, it's our podcast. Yeah. We can um, do whatever we want. We'll, we'll cover We'll cover Vegas. Yeah, can't wait for Vegas. Let everybody, um, again, Gave we'll you those. cover Vegas and the drag races this weekend. Yeah, I'll yeah. Be, I'll be back at the drag races. Make sure to weekend, make sure so. to post that stuff, man. That, that was fun watching it last time. But uh, yeah, man, have fun at the drag races. We'll see everybody at Las Vegas. We'll just go ahead and wrap it up here. 
thanks everybody again for listening to rambling about racing wherever you are in the world thank you for doing that make sure to go head over to rambling about racing for links to all of our social media platforms and to links to our partners here at the show stand up to cancer and fanatics thanks for all they do for the show and for the unhinged sports network and belly up sports thanks again for everything that they do for hear us at rambling about racing i hope you guys enjoyed the show again Stay safe, and we'll see you after the races at Las Vegas. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.